All right, all right. We're back with another edition of the Leo G Show. I am Leo G, and uh, podcasting is what I do, man. So we're back, man. And obviously now this is a recurring theme, man, because Atlanta sports is off and rolling, man. We got a lot to talk about, man. So before we jump into it, I'm going to go ahead and do the introductions. I got them back. Like I said, it's a reoccurring theme. First and foremost, man, I'm going to jump to my man, the man that wants all the Atlanta teams to do well, kick ass and take names. It's my man, Banks. What's going on tonight, brother? What's going on, Leo G? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling all right, man. And tell the people, so we got the YouTube channel up and rolling, man, so everybody should be able to see what you got on tonight. So what is the inspiration behind tonight's outfit for the show? I got the old throwback Deion Sanders prime time, number 21, when the Falcons in all red. <laughs> so I had to just do something with the, the throwback feel. Throwback feel with the Falcons. That's what's up, man. And... None other than my man over here with the plan, Mr. Derrico himself. What's going on, brother? What's up, Mr. Lee OG? What's happening? Back, man. Glad to be able to do this again, man. Glad to be glad that we're all safe. Glad that we're able to get together, man, and talk some Atlanta sports. So this is a reoccurring theme. Oh, I'm sorry, Derrico. If you want to give everybody inspiration on tonight's outfit. That's a 58 if it's backwards on your screen, but this is no other <laughs> than Valdosta State College Finest, Jesse the Hammer. The Hammer. Tuggle. The Hammer. Hammer I am. Jesse Tuggle, Atlanta Falcons. Two Atlanta Falcons great tonight. I kind of took it back with my outfit, and I'm going to go into it here in detail in just a minute, guys. So. We are back, man, to talk some Atlanta sports, man. Last podcast we did, we had a, a conversation after we recorded about a lot of stuff that was going on. It got a little heated, so I want to bring a little bit of that into the podcast tonight because we feel like we need to devote a lot of time into it, and that's what we're going to do leading up into the NFL draft. Got some other stuff that we're going to talk about tonight. So tonight, fellas, I thought I would do something a little, a little different, man. We, we're all about Atlanta sports, right? Um, we, we're all about talking about Atlanta sports. Um, past, present, future, whatever the case may be. So I wanted to bring a little bit of uh, past history, Atlanta history tonight, right? So part of what I have on tonight for the podcast is an old throwback homage to a team that was here in this city. Shout out to Banks. You called it the old Omni. Um, The Atlanta Knights. The Atlanta Knights was the first, well, wasn't the first. It was actual second professional hockey team here in this city behind the uh, Atlanta Flames, who took off like a thief in the night and went to Calgary. But I'm not even going to talk about that. I don't even think I was around for when they were actually here in the city, right? But the Atlanta Knights uh, were here, IHL team, and they were actually, if a lot of people don't know this, the first professional team to win a championship here in this city, the Atlanta Knights. And it's a lot of other iconic things about their team, and I'm going to get into them in just a second. One of the cool things about some of the history here when it comes to professional sports in the city is that the light, the Knights left a lasting impression. One of the things that we do here, of course, all professional sporting events, right? We do the national anthem. But one of the things here in Atlanta is synonymous with Atlanta sports is there's a part in the national anthem where they talk about um, gave proof through the night. I don't know if that's the correct actual lyric, but night is referenced in the national anthem. And, through all sports, whether it's the Atlanta Hawks game, the Braves, or the Falcons game, or now Atlanta United, the crowd just yells out nights. And that's a throwback to 
the Atlanta Knights. So if you're from Atlanta and want to know why everybody just bust out like they got Tourette's and yell night <laughs> during, during that part of the national anthem, it's because it's paying tribute to the Atlanta Knights. Also, two other tidbits just to give you guys, if you didn't know, um, the Atlanta Knights was the actual first professional hockey team to hire a black head coach in hockey. His name was John Parrish Jr. He was one of the first black head coaches in professional hockey. Also, another little tidbit here, the Atlanta Knights uh, signed a a female goalie, one of the first professional teams to sign a female goalie, uh, and and she actually played in the regular season game. So that's a little bit of Atlanta history when it comes to professional sports. Banks, um, I want to kick it over to you, man. How nostalgic is that, Atlanta Knights, man? Does that take you back? Takes me all the way back to my freshman year in high school, matter of fact. Um, it was, you know, going back to, you know, growing up, you know, this is prior to the Braves winning the World Series. It, it really didn't hit me because I wasn't into hockey that way. But I do remember they played the Fort Wayne Comets. I believe they won four games to three in the old Omni. And like I said, the Omni will always be something special to my heart. But all I think about the Omni, I think about the Hawks. But, you know, the the thr- oh, thrashers, oh my God. The Knights, they, they 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 were really that popular as I got older. Then I start really doing some research on them. And yes, I do appreciate what they done to the city with the with the championship. Absolutely, absolutely. Um Derek o, do you have any um I guess you've heard of them, right? You actually heard of the Knights, and you understand it, the whole the yell that they do, right? I do now. I'm not going. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to fake it. And to that history lesson that you just gave me, I didn't know anything about them, but I appreciate you uh, giving me the history lesson. Now I got to put that in my back pocket. That's what's up, man. We gonna and we gonna continue to do that, man. You know, Banks and I, we got some more some more Atlanta sports history up our sleeve, and we'll probably lead that to another a later podcast, and we'll we'll actually talk about it, man. Um, you know, they won the championship, I want to say, in 1994, like Banks Banks just said, man. They were dug, like they had a nickname, man. They were called the Nightmare with a K on Peachtree. They, they were a team to be reckoned with. And uh, unfortunately, man, they, they moved on, packed up, and went up, up north to Quebec uh, <laughs> like a thief in the night as well. Uh, but we, we have some other minor league teams here in the metro Atlanta area. I want to say the Gwinnett Gladiators um, and – uh, yeah, Gwinnett Gladiators, too, if I'm not mistaken. Derek, what's up? So how did they do when they moved? I, I'm not for sure. I stopped following them. They left the city. I stopped following <laughs> So I guess that tells me everything I need to know. They moved them out well, of here I, to go I, somewhere I will else. Say, I will say Calgary did win a championship as soon as they got the Flames after they left us. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh man shout out we love it man atlanta history man so we're gonna do that man so if you ever had a bar and they doing some atlanta sports trivia they you know, hey maybe maybe you, i might gave i might uh warn you the game i don't know but uh <laughs> that's just a little tidbit of uh atlanta sports history so tonight fellas man we're gonna talk about so a couple of things before we actually get into the outline of the show because we had a couple of things we wanted to talk about obviously but then there was some stuff that came up that we wanted to kind of i wanted to kind of bring to you guys attention so we could talk about it really quickly here. So first thing I wanted to talk about really quickly was something that came out last week that I saw that was actually pretty funny. Um, there was an article. I'm, I can't, 
I can actually try to go back here now and try to reference where the article actually came from. But I guess they did a survey of the uh, maybe okay SB Nation. That's where I got it from. Falcoholic SB Nation. There was a study done amongst NFL fan groups, and they found that Falcons fans are the drunkest and highest fans in all of the NFL on game day. And me personally, I can pretty much say that that's probably very very accurate. Very, very truthful. <laughs> Me being a Falcons fan and knowing several other Falcons fans, you two in particular, I know how it is on game day. Derrico, I'm going to kick it to you in particular, man. Game day for us Falcons fans, especially post-2016, I-, I think it's pretty accurate. How about you? Well, considering the fact that we have to, you know, kind of ease our sorrows, unfortunately, maybe alcohol – and that other stuff is something that has to take that little edge off from us being in situations where we lose close games or we, we or we lose monumental games. So, you know, hey, if you ever been to a Falcons tailgate, you understand that there's a good mile and a half radius of tailgates in the city. And I've walked through several tailgates and I, I can I can attest to the fact that they have full top shelf bars set up at most of the tailgates. So I will agree with that part. I won't talk about the other thing because I don't know anything about that. And neither do I. We don't, yeah, the, the Leo G show, we, we do not know anything about the other part, the second part of the whole study. We're not, we're not going to go there. So Banks, I'm going to kick that over to you. I know we, we, we sent that the article over to you, Banks. I know you read it. How, how accurate is this article? Where is the lie? Where's the lie? Where's the lie? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Before a Falcons game, Leo, Derrico, you already know. You got to be numb as possible to endure that. You have to be numb. You go into that stadium, you have you cannot have no recollection of that memory of that game. <laughs> so you can at least have some kind of sanity leaving out of there. So yes, spot on. You have to be drunk. Or you got to be high because you that stuff they put out there every Sunday. Yes. Where do I sign up? Put me put me <laughs> down for it. Let's roll. Hey, man. You know what? I told I tell I tell a lot of people I joke around. I say, hey, man, if they did not sell alcohol at the Mercedes Benz Stadium, I said they would be pretty much running an empty stadium because like you guys said, man, that is one of the only things that keep us coming and going, man. So if I can just. Game day consumption, Atlanta Falcons, we 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 just pretty much cleaned up in both categories in this in this study, right? Um, if I the, the just rolling off the first couple of on the binge drinking side of the table here, I'm gonna just roll off the first couple of teams. Atlanta Falcons, of course, we all know Jacksonville Jaguars. That's that's obvious as well here. They've had no success here as of recent. So and then Arizona Cardinals followed by the Buffalo Bills Mafia. They don't care if they winning or losing, they gonna get towed up regardless. Shout out to the Bills Mafia, man. That's one of the, the hypest fan bases in all of all of football. What's up, Derrico? If you have a fan base that literally is known for at their tailgates jumping, jumping through tables, jumping on top of tables, jumping through tables, like <laughs> if you jump off the top rope, you got to break the table. And that's just like a staple up in Buffalo. So I'm not sure why they ain't a little closer up there than us. Banks, I mean, what is up? What's up with that, man? Is that a WWE 
Uh, what, what's going on up there? I mean, yet. You know, they, they won a game, a playoff game, I believe, and all of a sudden they just had a segment of guys just jumping off the top of the of a tailgate truck uh tailgate truck and they smashing through tables. I'm like, what am I watching here? I mean, this is Man, listen, let me tell you something, man. Coming from so I've been up to Orchard Park, man. I've been to 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 see the a Bills game up there, man. They're built different. Let me tell you something. First of all, in western New York, during football season, you gotta be built different anyway. Because we already know, man, you know, it starts snowing, you know what I'm saying, like August 3rd up there, right? <laughs> so, like, you just got to be built different, man, in western New York, man, to watch the Buffalo Bills, man. Let me tell you something, man. That is one of the coolest fan bases. Like I said, I've been up there, man. The tailgating experience is awesome, second to none, man. And they just got a bunch of fans up there that like to have fun, right? I mean, we all know what the Bills fan, the fans endured in the 90s. We all know that. I don't want to have to, you know, you talk about heartbreak, man. You talk four straight Super Bowls and four straight L's. So you fast forward to now, a lot of a lot of kids that endured that, they're now, you know, adult, you know, Bills fans. So, hey, you got to find a way to make it fun. You got to find a way to, to, to do what you do, man. So I guess now they say, hey, look, we lose, we're going to party, we're going to get drunk. We win, we're going to party and get drunk. So, it is what it is, man. So shout out to the Bills Mafia. They're doing what they're doing. And so bringing up the bottom half of this list really quickly as we move on, New England Patriots are at the bottom with 42%. Man, bump the Patriots fans. Y'all ain't no fun. Dallas, I, I, I don't understand this. Dallas Cowboys fans are at the bottom of this and the Detroit Lions fans are at the bottom of this. First of all, I know this. there has to be a discrepancy in that because if you're a Detroit Lions fan, I know for a fact you got man Detroit really in Dallas well Cow- you know Cowboys fans are delusional anyway whether they drunk or under any influence or anything man the Cowboys fans are delusional anyway but yeah bringing up the bottom of the list so New England Dallas and Detroit and then Minnesota are the, the least to binge drink on game day consumption Detroit I'm, I'm calling BS on that one I, I don't know how you guys feel about it but I'm calling BS on Detroit you got to call BS on Detroit I'm like Come on. I, I, I don't I don't know the last time Detroit won a playoff game. Um, I think it's something like what seventeen years. I mean, someone help me out. I don't know. It's been it's, it's been a while. I, I don't it, I don't I have the stats right in front of me, but it's been a damn while. Like since the ninety, I, I don't know. I don't know the number, but for any team to sit there year in year out and not experience at least a wild card berth, I mean, it's almost like. It's 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 you you walking in slow motion. I mean, I gotta be I, drunk. I you gotta be I drunk. Cannot, you gotta be drunk to deal with that. <laughs> for what we go, what we went through, you know what I'm saying. And at least we made a playoff appearance, you know, since then. And I'm like, I, I can't imagine not going to the stadium at least some kind of buzz because it, it's it's maddening. It's maddening. Hopefully that will change. Hopefully. Yeah, man. Hopefully we'll we'll get it together, man. So I just wanted to touch on that. I guess we're all in agreement that, that, that that's what's up. So moving right along here, uh, as the podcast go, we want to touch on something here. Atlanta United, last podcast, we talked about Atlanta United playing in the CONCACAF Champions League, right? They're in the CONCACAF Champions League. They were playing Alla Windsor. I think I got that right. I'm proud of myself. Banks, proud of myself. Pat on the back. Alla Windsor out of Costa Rica. <laughs> Play uh, Atlanta United. We, we took uh, a, a 1-0 lead in the first leg of aggregate scoring down in Costa Rica. We come up to Kennesaw and we actually 
win one nil at Kennesaw. I want to say uh, Barco to the assist. If I'm not mistaken, was it Jurgen Dam that actually scored that goal? I have to go Dam, back and yeah. look at it. It was Jurgen Dam right. that Jergen scored Dam. the goal that put us into the next round. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say it's the quarterfinals against Philly. Don't hold me to that. Yes. But yeah, we, we are Philly. Philly. Did Philly win that game? Yeah. Philly, yes. So they, they, they played another team out of Costa Rica, if I'm not mistaken. I don't. Actually, know the name. I know all the soccer people are like, "Damn you, man! You supposed to know this." <laughs> but yeah, so we move into the next round playing the Philadelphia Union, which is kind of bittersweet for me, guys. And we'll talk about this here for just a moment because we want the MLS to to win this whole thing. Now you got two MLS teams because of the way this thing drew out are in basically a knockout round against each other. Derek, I'm going to kick it to you first. We've talked about this CONCACAF thing and how important this is. How do you feel about Atlanta United moving forward? Hey, I just think they got to, one, they got to be a little more aggressive than that second game. I don't know what it was, but the first game was like fire. So if they come back with that same mentality on the first game, moving on into the, the second round or the next round, I'll say, then I think we'll be okay. I think, one, these guys got their confidence up and the fact that Barco was, like, really playing out of his mind on that last game. So if he can continue to do that and get other folks involved, like when Dam came in and scored that, you know, win and goal, I think we'll be okay. We may have the big wall back, which is good. You know, I think that'll bring a little more, you know, comfort level to the guys having the big wall back. But at the same time, I just think knowing that they are playing differently than they did last year, I think that'll be a big boost for us. Absolutely. Um, but just so just to, to uh, piggyback on what you just said, Derek, uh, having Brad Guzan back is, is really, really big. Having our starting goal keep back there is big. But the kid, man, Rios Novos, man, he – he did his thing once again. I don't really think he was actually pressured. It was a weird game. It was a weird situation because I know starting out with that game, I didn't see a sense of urgency with Alaluenza, right? I didn't see them come out the gate and was like, yo, we need to score. We need to put points on the board. It's almost like they wanted to try to fill out Atlanta United. But I didn't get that, man. I never got nervous, uh, Derrico. I think – you know what? Unfortunately, I think that had to do with some of the starters that they had it that was. couldn't get in the country because of the, um, the, visa, issue. the visa issue. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was it. When you got like at least three of your top players that's not playing, you know, that can do a lot for you, especially if it has something to do with a simple fact that another country that you're playing won't let you in. So they probably thought, hey, it was a big setup. But, hey, we got the dub. <laughs> well, you know, exactly. We're moving forward. You know, with COVID and all these other things going on, man, it's just a lot of things. It is what it is. But, hey, like you said, we're moving forward, Derek. All right. Banks, do you want to you wanna, you wanna piggyback on that? Uh, just to um, just co-sign what you guys said, man. They they played kind of like so days ago against Ella Wednesday. Ella Wednesday on um, the second second round. Um Second games, second match. I cannot get my words out. It was really, you know, a, a different style of play compared to last season, and I, I, I really appreciate that because I'm, I'm not trying to say this is more of a Tata scheme, but this new scheme is it ain't gonna Frank the board. That's for sure. 
So I, I, I see a, a, a real different upbeat kind of feel that I can, I, I can kind of like get excited for, 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 for going forward. So Banks, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. So what we were talking about as far as the actual game that was played last week, you think that's going to carry over into the Philadelphia Union game? You would kind of hope so. I mean, now we got the actual first match in MLS on tomorrow. So I I don't know what the game plan is going for Philadelphia Union, you know, versus – you know, was that next week, next Tuesday, next Wednesday? Yeah, next Tuesday. Like yeah, so it, it's, you know, I hope that they'll come out a little bit more aggressive, you know, since it's a team that we know who to, you know. Yeah, we, 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 team, you know. We're for, yeah, we're for, we're very familiar with, with who we're playing. So as we record right now, tomorrow actually be the start of MLS season. We're very familiar with the team that we're about to play. Um, that team in in, in Middle Florida. <laughs> what, what, um, what, what team is that? Orlando. Oh, oh Orlando. Orlando. <laughs> so, so the father is going back down to father them once again. Of course, one of the things that we did see in the Concacaf tournament was the return of of our number one, our number nine. The man, Joseph Martinez, he's back, and hopefully he can go down there and father them again, man, because we we, had, we didn't have a lot of success down last year. Of course, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, COVID. He, he tore his ACL, first game of the season up in Nashville, man, but Joseph's back, and we go down there tomorrow. So uh, as we record this, like I said, we're playing it tomorrow, so we'll come back with the next podcast and talk about the outcome of that game. So, yeah, MLS is back. Season starts. First game against Orlando down there. Derrico, what's up? And we're moving on. I feel like Joseph is going to have his father debut. I mean, there's nothing like going against your children and saying, hey, I'm still your daddy. So basically what you're saying is it's Father's Day tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> early Father's Day. Early Father's, Father's Day. Day. Absolutely. Early Father's Day, man. So that's what's up, man. So look, we're going to move right along here, man, right into the podcast. And we're going to start talking about uh, the city. And like I said, we had a conversation after the last podcast that kind of just went. And we we wanted to kind of record some of it. I don't know if we'll bring some of the the energy and the emotion behind it back. But we're going we're gonna to kind of walk into the conversation that we had on the last episode. But basically, we want to start out just talking about this city. And we, we kind of gave a little bit of history at the beginning of the podcast today about uh, the Atlanta Knights. This city, nationally, I think we get a bad rap as fans, right? Because, number one, I can say this. Professionally, I was, we the first, sports, the first professional sports team, if I'm not mistaken, came here was the Braves in 1965, right, Banks, if I'm not mistaken. That was the first professional sports team that came here was the, was the, was the Braves. 1966, I believe. 66. Okay, so I think all of them kind of came around the same time. You had the Braves that came here from Milwaukee. Of course, the NFL awarded uh, the Falcons a franchise in 1966 as well. I think it was a race between the AFL and the NFL at that time because there were two two separate entities. NFL um, decided to award Atlanta a franchise, and then obviously the Hawks moved here from St. Louis 
around the same timeline as well. So to be to to in comparison to a lot of other cities here in this country, the the, the sport professional sports is still really relatively young. When you compare team, you know, our city to like New York and Philadelphia and some of the other East Coast teams, we're still very, very young. Chicago, young when it comes to professional sports. Now, we kind of fast forward into talking about professional sports today. And so really quickly, if, if a lot of people are not familiar with like the national perspective of Atlanta sports, because we can we can go all night and talk about the, the, the demographics of the city and where the city has come and how the city has evolved. But I'm going to kick it over to you, Banks, here first. Being that, you know, we still, I want to say relatively young when it comes to professional sports and our fan bases. Like, the national, what is the national perception about our fan base here when it comes to our professional team? All right. So, the, the perception is pretty much that we're laid back. We're laid back fan base. You know, we're not passionate. You know, all our sports teams, you know, we, you know, Braves, Hawks, Falcons, too laid back. You know, we're not passionate enough. You know, you guys are late coming to the games. You guys always first to leave. You know, you guys don't ever see the game through. Well, okay, yeah, I, I, I can see that, you know. But in everyone's eyes outside of Atlanta, you know, they would never understand. People who live in this city for multiple years, I'm talking, I ain't talking about trans, transient fans. I'm talking about people who was born here know you know what I'm saying? We are passionate. We love our city. You know what I'm saying? We, anything with the A, we rock it. Do y'all agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, so I just say this shit straight up. And Banks, you and I both know, and Derrico as well. But Banks, you've been riding with me for a minute, man. You know, we we, we joke. We always joke. You know, if there, there could be a handball team, racquetball team, you know, uh, watermelon seed spitting team. If it's from Atlanta, we gonna rep it because just just the love of the city. And I think if if you are a native of the city, man, it's just a representation of us. I think professional sports are a representation of of the city, and you you you're prideful of your city. So, you know, you're going to rep your teams. For me, I'm kind of old school, and we've had this conversation before, fellas, man. It's a representation of my city, so it's a representation of me. I rock the teams. You know, yeah, our teams haven't had a lot of success, but I'm I'm very prideful when I put on an Atlanta jersey. When I put on Atlanta United jersey, when I put on Atlanta Falcons jersey, when I put on Atlanta Brave jersey, I'm prideful, prideful because it's a representation of the city that I love so much. Derek, I'm going to kick it over to you. How do you feel about the perception of the Atlanta sports fans? I think there's a misconception about the Atlanta sports scene just because of maybe the um, unsuccessful nature of our franchises. I mean, if you talk about early on, you're talking about maybe two championships that really that nobody else really recognized. But if you look at the fact that we do have the Braves championship and the MLS soccer championship, which most probably don't even recognize so they still say maybe we got one you know what i'm saying one championship from the braves and they look at that as if we don't care about sports i beg to differ i mean we travel 
I know a lot of fans that travel. That's probably one of the biggest misconceptions is the fact that they don't know that Falcon fans don't travel. You know what I'm saying? Which I travel at least one or two away games a year, and it baffles me to see other fans from other cities see a lot of Falcon fans at their games. And they're like, whoo, we didn't know that y'all, why? Because y'all have fed into the media perception that Atlanta is not that type of team or Atlanta is not that type of sports city. That's not the case. Like Banks alluded to earlier, we have a lot of transient people in this city. And that's probably why they root for other teams. But being from Georgia, not Atlanta, I'm still going to be the one that's going to rep my ATM. Let me say this much, man. You know, I'm going to put this to bed. And Banks, you know, Derrico, you all know, and, and Derrico, I know your track record as far as, as as far as following professional teams here in the city when we go out and we go away, and Banks knows me as well. Look, let me tell you something. I can say this much to our audience here. Atlanta fans, we do – us here, this circle right here, we travel. We travel. We go. I've traveled with, 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 with Banks away to away games. I know for a fact that Derrico has gone to away games. I've gone internationally to follow my team. So the perception nationally that we don't care about our professional teams here is a bunch of high garbage. We are passionate. We 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 are a fan base that that cares about the, the, these teams, man. So, you know, nationally, I don't understand. And I do think that there is a bias because maybe, like, you know, we talk about this all the time, you know, from a New York and an L.A. perspective, those – those hub, those cities get a lot of attention when it comes to talking about professional sports. And then when it comes to us, it's always highlighted in a negative way. But I would just say from a fan's perspective, because that's what I could talk about, we are very supportive and very passionate about, you know, our fans. You know, I traveled uh, several years ago over to London to watch the Atlanta Falcons take on the Detroit Lions. And when I tell you we were very well represented in London, in London, we were very well represented. As a matter of fact, we were so well represented when I got over to London Saturday before the game, as I, as I tour London, as I do the tourist things, I'm going around London. We're going to Trafalgar Square. They would have had a pep rally. We, we go over to uh, Buckingham Palace. Like, I hear people yelling my name over in London. People from Atlanta that travel all the way over to see the Falcons play. So I don't ever want anybody to, under, to to think that we're not a passionate fan base, that we're not a fan base that goes out of the way, above and beyond, to support our teams here in the city. We're very prideful. No, we might not be a Philadelphia that'll stab you at a football game, or we might not be a Oakland, but we are a prideful bunch of people, and we follow our teams, and we support our teams, and we have a, a love for our, our teams here in the city, Derrico. I'm, I'm just going to say what it is. Since we're going we're gonna to roll into it later, and I'm just going to say what it is. Because our city don't look like most other cities. So they have, a, they have an affinity with the fact that our team, our city, looks so much different than other cities' teams. I mean, we are a very, very heavily black-populated city, so they just automatically assume that we do not support our teams. And I just want whoever's listening to this podcast, don't do it. Ooh, I, Banks, I know you you itching. And and so there's a lot of truth to this. 
And this is a blessing and a curse. Uh, yes, the demographics of Atlanta are totally different from a lot of other cities here in this country. So, of course, the fan bases here in this city are a lot of are very different from other cities in this country. I'm gonna kick it over you, Banks. How do you feel about what Derrico just stepped into? Because this is a lot of well, a lot of what we're about to get into. This has a lot to do with it. He didn't say anything wrong, Leo. I mean, we're a black city. We have black fans. You know, you look at the Falcons games, I'm going to say, and I'm just being at, off the top of my dome, 85% black in that in that stadium. That, that, that's about a good number, 85%. Yes, sir. And, that's, you, know, say that's accurate. you know, it was even more, it was probably more than that when we had Michael Vick here. It was probably 90% black. You know, you had the music. You had the women walking through there. You had, it was a club atmosphere. And I think a lot of people who came from other cities to see that, they kind of frowned on it because it wasn't a football field. I don't want to say, so, but not, not to cut you off, not to cut you off, not to cut you off. I'm going to let you get it back. I don't want to say they frowned on it. I don't think they understood it. I don't think they understood they it. But did. it's a culture thing in the city, Leo. No one understands this culture. This culture runs deep. And if you're from Atlanta, you know what I'm talking about. You know, when you go to a, a tailgate and it's, it's, I, I mean, just cars as far as the eye can see. And you hear, you know, a lot of Dungeon Family. You hear a lot of just, just let me just be real. You hear trap music. You hear everything. You don't hear what you typically hear in any other city at a tailgate. Okay. You know, you walk by, you see a, 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 tr- a stage behind a, truck with a, a pole on it. <laughs> I mean, but that's our culture, though. You understand what I'm saying? So now it transitioned when we got a new quarterback. So we all know what that was about. Now, Leo, do you feel that going forward, you know, with the, the regime, regime we have currently, do you see a, any um, a direction where this fan base can go, either, you know, far left or far right? So I'm a, really quickly, I'm going to answer your question and I'm going to give it over to Derrico here, man. So look here, we are who we are. That's been established. It is what it is. There are a lot of other topics that we can go into and talk about the changes in the demographics of the city, but that's for a later date. We are who we are. Right. I think we need to embrace that, right? Like I, we just talked about another fan base early with Bill's Mafia, right? They have embraced their identity of being Bill's Mafia. I think we need to embrace... Whether you white, black, brown, purple, whatever, we need to embrace the culture of this city, number one, and embrace who we are as a fan base. I think that's one of the things that we've we, we've had here in this city, like an identity crisis of you know embracing who we are. Like everything you just said, Banks, as far as the Dungeon Family, as far as uh, music, as far as culture, and what we've done in this country, as far as this city, because we've you know, not to go too far off into this, man, we've led a lot of different movements. Whether you want to talk about hip hop music or you want to talk about just culture in general, we've done that. So we need to embrace it. Um, we need to embrace it and be who we are and feel comfortable in, in, in our in our own skin. So that's that's how I feel about that, man. And we're just going to continue to move and we'll segue right into some of the other things we want to talk about. Derek, I'm going to kick it over to you. It's like a phrase right now that people probably don't like you know and I know we don't care because we understand that Atlanta influences everything 
right now. Everything that's moving culturally as far as hip-hop, we've got the busiest airport in the world. I mean, you could talk about our sports teams, but you can't take that away from us, that we have those two things, and I'm just going to name those two things. I'm not even going to talk about the businesses that want to come to Atlanta. Because Atlanta, again, everybody, everybody wants to be here. Everybody wants to be here. I'm gonna say it again. Everybody wants to be here. Whether whether they want to live here or whether they just want to come here and kick it. COVID showed us something that was really real. We already knew it because we live here, right? When this state was kind of still in open status because of the pandemic, where did everybody come here? Because they wanted to be here. They knew it was live. You know. Prior to COVID, we was we were still alive. This is right. where you wanted to be. This is where you wanted to kick it. So, like, it is what it is. And like I said, the identity of us as fans with the culture that is here, Banks, we need to start to embrace that. Um, one team that has kind of embraced it, we'll talk about that a little later, is Atlanta United. Falcons, it's a, t- it's a, it's a, little, it's a little touchier than that, and we're going to kind of get into some of that here in just a moment as I move on here. So, Really quickly here, I'm going to get to both of you all before we move on to the next segment of the show. I want to talk a little bit of some. I want to talk about what do Atlanta fans want? Because apparently there seems to be some uh, misconception as to what Atlanta fans really want here in the city. I know what I want, and I'm going to just start off by saying this. I want championships. Okay, I'm going to look into the camera. I'm going to say it into the mic once again here. I want championships. I am a fan of sports. I am a fan of every team here in this city. And when it comes to what I want as a fan, I will say this. I want championships. However they come, that's what I want. I want to see trophies in the case. Now, with that being said, I'm going to bring it over to you first, Banks. What do Atlanta fans want? Because there seems to be some confusion as to what the fan base here in Atlanta wants when it comes to the professional teams here. So I'm going to kick it over to you, Banks. You tell me as a fan, where do you stand and what do you want out of your professional team? I want the same thing, Leo. I want parades down Peach Street. I want multiple parades down Peach Street. I'm not talking about just one every 10, 12 years. I want to have a parade where you have almost half the city from Buckhead all the way to MLK. Not Logan, so not Logan you know how long that is. Yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> now we ain't going you, out there. If you're asking me what the fans want or what do I want, I'm telling you what I want, but are you asking me what the fans want as a No 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 you're a fan. So no, so okay, so you're a fan. I want you to tell me what you want as a fan. And you just said it. You want championships. Because I guess there is a little bit of confusion in about every sport. What, in every sport. In every sport. Thank you. And there's a little bit of confusion here nationally, perceptionally. I don't know if I just made up a word, but we're gonna go with it. <laughs> there is a perception that Atlanta fans don't we're 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 not of the mindset of actually wanting championships here in the city. We have another agenda, right? When you look at cities like Philly, you look at cities like New York, and you look at cities like LA, right? Obviously, bigger cities. I can throw Dallas into the mix, maybe. Is that they want championships? They're hungry for championships, no matter what. That's what they want. I think that there is a little caveat here in this city as to where, like, oh yeah, well, we got professional sports teams, but there's another agenda. 
And, you know, we're going to talk about it in just a minute. Like, okay, yeah, we want championships, but at the same time, we need to have a certain status because of the makeup of the city. Derek, I know you want to talk about it for a little bit. What do you want as an Atlanta fan? I'm, I'm piggybacking on both of you guys. I mean, there's nothing sweeter than I want is to be able to skip work and go down Peachtree and watch the confetti fall. I don't care if it's the Hawks. I don't care if it's the Braves. I don't care if it's the Falcons. I don't care if it's the Atlanta Dream. I don't care if it's Atlanta United. Hell, I don't care if it's the the um, lacrosse team that already won the championship. I shout out Georgia Swarm. Shout out Georgia Swarm to baby. be able to go down Peachtree and feel the same thing like those cities that you called off, Leo. And uh, even though I don't like this city per se, I've never been there. But you can't put you can't forget Boston. Title time. Oh God. Oof. Oof. Man, yeah, I ain't want I ain't want to bring them up. Yeah, but Boston, man, yeah, we, we want it. We want it here, man. So just you know, we we're passionate about this here, man. And it seems like national. And I'm gonna say this. Just I'm gonna say this is. I don't care really about the national perception, but I, at least I got to get it off my chest because I guess it's a little therapeutic to just say it out loud. It's like, yo, we we want championships. We we are Atlanta fans. We want championships. You know, but at the same time, I really don't care about the national perception, right? Because they're going to be biased either way, right? They, they're going to feed into the they, – they're trying to get a story. So they're going to feed into whatever they, whatever they can get a story off of. And they will say, oh, Atlanta fans, wish you watched. They ain't got no real fans down there, whatever the case may be. They're going to just – they're trying to get a story on ESPN or Bleacher Report or whatever the case may be. And they're going to always try to be that way. But as a real Atlanta fan, and I'm glad you guys echo my sentiments, man, we want championship. That's the first That's the first priority here in this city. So we want to move into something else. We want to talk about something. This is all going to culminate, and it's going to segue into the biggest thing we want to talk about tonight. Um, so really quickly, uh, Michael Vick, right? We want to talk about Michael Vick for just a second and what he means to this city and what how this has impacted going and moving forward pre-michael vick and post-michael vick right pre-michael vick and i'm gonna kick it over to here to you banks for just a moment and i want you to kind of talk about this for just a second man before michael vick got to the city what was the sports scene like here especially just specifically with the atlanta falcons fan base man pre-michael vick i know you remember here 98 we had success went to a super bowl Derek Hall, i know you went down to miami that year we had a ball first time ever you know biggest marquee franchise in the city actually going into a championship. But Banks, pre-Michael Vick, what was the perception of the Atlanta Falcons fans, or Atlanta fans, I guess I should just say Atlanta fans, pre-Michael Vick? What was the perception? Boring. And I will elaborate in more detail about that. They were not fun to watch, okay? It was a team where you had to listen to uh, I believe the station was... uh, 6.40 a.m. on the radio? 6.80. 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6.80. Okay. 6.80. Well, you couldn't watch it on TV because it wasn't sold out. And I mean, Ooh, it blacked out. out every freaking week. So only time for me being younger, I couldn't afford a ticket. I didn't have a job. I had to listen to the Falcons on the radio. Or if I was lucky to go to the game, I went to the game. So going to the game at the Georgia Dome or the Atlanta Fulton County Stadium 
you could pick your seat. You could go to the lower bowl and you could sit anywhere you please as as long as you wait till around mid first quarter and no one claimed the seat is yours. So it was very, very a, a, a dead concert in, in so many words. It was nothing to be excited about. It was just a football game on Sunday. So All people right, went okay. to the game to drink beer. Copy that. Kicking it over to Derrico. You want to talk about a little bit pre-Michael Vick, how was this fan base here in Atlanta? Really quickly. If you were not an Atlanta Falcon fan, pre-Vick, then you wasn't an Atlanta Falcons fan. However, if you was (laughs) an Atlanta Falcon fan, then you are still an Atlanta Falcon fan because guess what? If you had to sit through what Banks was just talking about, you had to be a fan. You know, I wasn't up here at that point, but I was still watching that back home in my little small town of South Georgia in Cairo, watching the Falcons on TV. So you had to be a Falcons fan to understand what we're talking about. It's not At least you got to see them on TV, Derek man. You was outside the city yeah. limits. Me and Banks was just SOL, dog. We had to, li- like Banks said, we had to listen to the radio, man, because a lot of those games were blacked out, man, because they weren't sold out. You know, the NFL had that rule, man. If you didn't sell out the game, man, we weren't, we weren't showing it in your local market, which was very, very sad. I had, I had, the, I had, I was fortunate enough to where my parents were season ticket holders. We went to a lot of games, but Banks will tell you, man, that was, that was a many a Sunday. We didn't see any home games here, man, because there was nobody. There was nobody at the Georgia Dome. I'm talking about we go all the way back, and like you said, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, Georgia Dome, teal seat, the teal seated Georgia Dome banks. I know you remember that where the seats in there were like teal and brown. It was ugly. It was just crazy. So yeah, so that you know pre Michael Vick and post Michael Vick. So really, really quickly, I'm gonna talk about post Michael Vick, and then we want to move forward and get into this conversation that we've been itching to get into, and and and. Michael Vick is a focal point of this because I think when we talk about Atlanta sports and we talk about Atlanta Falcons in particular, he is the reason for a lot of what's going on right now. So, so now we move into Michael Vick. If if you don't know what Michael Vick hit, Michael Vick did here in the city, Google it. And, uh, and so now I want to just you know go to the post Michael Vick era and talk about where we got to with Matt Ryan as he entered this team and where we were with the Atlanta Falcons. Banks, I'm gonna kick it over to you. Post Michael Vick, now we establish ourselves nationally with a fan base because of what Michael Vick did here. We move into the Matt Ryan years. The fan base has kind of grown. The excitement has kind of grown with this with this team. How does this fan base look post Michael Vick? Divided, and it was oh wow. It was almost like, you know, as soon as Matt Ryan came into the scene, his very first year in 2008, it was almost like people was wanting him to fail. You know what I'm saying? It was like, he's no Michael Vick. He doesn't, he he ain't my quarterback, you know? And it was really kind of, uh, 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 it, it wasn't, it didn't feel like the whole fan base was one. Until we start winning games with him, then we start, you know, going to the playoffs, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like, okay, well, yeah, we he did that. We first our first back to back winning season, Matt Ryan did that. Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay, well, you know, went to a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, he didn't win it. So so it it, it it it's it's to the point where it's kinda uncomfortable to talk about with certain people. You know, you don't know who's you know, pro Matt Ryan, who's against Matt Ryan? There's a lot of people against Matt Ryan. So 
you know, it's divided. That's just where I stand on it. Derek Cole, you want to talk about post Mike Vick and Lena? I mean, the atmosphere, uh, I'm not going to lie, is just, just different. I mean, Vic was a superstar. The only superstar that's come close to anything touching the post-Mike Vic era is Julio. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's all I can say about it. It's like there was just the, the national perception was just different as far as post-Michael Vick. It was just totally different. I mean, the media just wouldn't cover the team the same. I mean, it just it just wasn't. I mean, he was just it was the hottest ticket in Atlanta. We can all agree to that. Absolutely. That so we can all yeah, we can so, all agree that it was the hot, it was yeah. the hottest ticket here. We move in, and, and we've had some margin. You know, I guess I can say marginal success because, like, a lot of people look at and view this franchise. You know, uh, all the way up from ninety eight to twenty sixteen. You know, we had some playoff runs. Obviously, twenty sixteen, we know what happened. We go, we get our way to the Super Bowl, and we know how that story ends, right? But we we had some success, like Banks alluded to. Man, we you know we we the post Mike Vick era, we saw a lot more success actually post Mike Vick when we brought in Matt Ryan as the quarterback prior to any other, you know, season we had uh, going all the way initially into when it, well, I guess outside of you, you want to talk about the 1980 season. So you had the 1980 or 1979, 1980 Atlanta Falcons grits blitz season. Um, then you go into the 98 season where we go to the Super Bowl and then you fast forward up into 2016. Right. So now, so here's the thing. This is all bringing it forward to what we want to talk about now in the conversation that we all had after the podcast last week. So we're here at a crossroads. We're going to talk about the draft here. We're probably going to go a little over here on the, on the time on the podcast here, but we're going to really get into this because I think it needs to be talked about. We're going to get it out. and we'll, we'll try to keep it as close as we can to the time. But so here we are at a crossroads here at the number four pick in this, in this year's draft. I don't want to go into details about where this franchise is as of right now, but we know – Obviously, moving forward, we're going to have to look to the future. Quarterback is a pivotal is is one of the the big the it is the most important player on the on the team, right? So we talked about this on the last podcast. Number four, if we are going to take a quarterback, what's the right quarterback to take? We just talked about pre Mike Vick, post Mike Vick. We talked about a little bit of the demographics of the city racially about this is a black city. The majority of season ticket holders that go to these Atlanta Falcons games are black. Um, so now we were at a crossroads here. Where we had a draft, a pivotal draft with a new GM and a new head coach. And if we are at number four and we do decide to take a quarterback, which way do we go? I'm going to go with you first, Derek Cole, because you had a lot to say about this. And I want to just, Get your opinion on like okay, so if we're just looking at this from a quarterback perspective, with all that being said, where do we go at quarterback? With all the, with all the prospects here, where do we go at quarterback? Where do we go? We're sitting at four. Everybody's saying that one, two, three, four are going to be quarterbacks. I understand the fact that. Everybody wants something. However, we know based on the last 13 years, 
that Matt Ryan is not going to play forever. He, Tom Brady's an anomaly, so we're not going to use that. Breeze just retired. He knows simply that he can't do it at the level that he wants to. So for me, if the quarterback is there, that the Falcons feel like in the next two years can be the next player to take us 13 more years, we got to take him. I don't care who it is at this point, except Matt Jones. I'm just going I'm to I'm be transparent. Oh, oh we're going to go. Okay. I'm so be transparent, come except, except I'm a, Matt Jones. Okay. So, oh, so hold that. I'm going to be real about that. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Kick it over the banks. Your perspective on number four, if this is the time we take a quarterback moving into the future, Banks, how do you feel about this situation right now as we speak? Like Derrico said, we are in a position where Matt Ryan is hes getting up there in age, and he, like you say, he's not going to play to his 40. Even though he wants to, we all know that he's not. So I feel that whoever's there at four, and if I had to have – my, you know, my, 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 my hypothesis of who's going to be there. If Trey Lance is there, you got to get him. Trey Lance, he can sit there. He can sit behind Matt Ryan for the last two years of his contract. Trey Lance would come in and be the next Falcons quarterback for 13 to 15 years. All right. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that, Banks. So we're gonna so I'm 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 gonna bring it back to you, Derek Cole, on this and I'm and I'm and I bring my my two cents in in just a moment. So I guess the consensus is a lot, not all, but a lot of Falcons fans feel that we need to prepare for the future. And we this draft is very pivotal because we have quarterbacks that we haven't seen. We have possibly, you know. Quarter uh, generational talent. That's the word I guess I should use. Generational talent here in this draft that we might not see for a while and the Falcons need to pull the trigger and move it forward, right? And we all are, we're all in agreement that you know, if, if, if that's what we need to do, we'll pull the trigger and we'll, we'll get that guy. Now, if we are in need of a quarterback, and you just said it right before I went to Banks, that Mac Jones is not that guy, right? Now, I want to ask you, if we're moving on from Matt Ryan and we need another quarterback, for some reason, Matt Jones is just not in your it's not in your crosshairs as somebody that we need to get. I want your opinion as to why. Because if we need to move on for the, from a quarterback and we need to get a, a, a young quarterback, somebody that's going to take this franchise over for the next eight, seven to eight years, what is it that you're actually looking for when it comes to this, and why is Mac Jones does why does Mac Jones not fit that criteria? Okay, the NFL is evolving. We all know that. I mean, the top, let's say the top five quarterbacks right now, at least three of them, are quarterbacks that are just not pocket passing quarterbacks. I'm not saying that pocket passing won't get you a championship, i.e. Tampa Bay, even though they had a tight defense. So what I'm saying is you have to have somebody that's going to evolve with the times. And right now, a quarterback that can not only throw out of the pocket, but at the same time can improvise. 
that quarterback may be able to run. Cool. Okay. I mean, that's the same thing that happened with Allen over in San Diego. He's not the traditional pocket passer because he can get up out of well, my bad, Buffalo. Allen is in Buffalo. He can move Josh out of Allen. the pocket. Yeah, he can move out of the pocket. Yeah. That's the same thing with the San Diego quarterback. He's not uh, a Herbert, Herbert. Herbert. He's not a tra- traditional pocket passer, but at the same time, he can get out of trouble when you need him to get out of trouble. And I think okay. that's where the NFL okay. is moving. It's not about the fact that you have to have a quote-unquote what they call a mobile quarterback. No, you just need a quarterback that can do both at this point in time in the NFL. The defenses are getting faster, 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 stronger, stronger, stronger. And if you don't have linemen that can get away or hold those big defensive linemen that are running four sixes at this point, I mean, you're going to need somebody that needs to step up inside the pocket, outside the pocket, roll left, right. It doesn't matter. So at this point, that's I think that's where we're headed in the NFL. Okay. You're getting quarterbacks that are not one-dimensional. Okay, Banks, I'm going to throw it to you. Here we go. Um, you know, Derek Cole just stated his case as having a quote-unquote modern quarterback. The NFL has evolved, right? We need a modern quarterback in order to – things have changed. We, we haven't seen linemen run four, five, four, four sub-40s. Right. We need to change this up. We need quarterbacks that can do more for us than just stand in the pocket and throw the ball. Even though the the defending Super Bowl champion has a quote unquote pocket passing quarterback. So now I ask you this and I'm going to give you a very, very tough question to kind of answer. Right. So. We got two. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. I'm going to just let this loose and I'm going to just let it go. We have two quarterbacks and projected top five quarterbacks that are that are African-American quarterbacks in Justin Fields and, and Trey Lance. We also have another quarterback that is that would be considered a modern quarterback in, in Zach Wilson, right, from BYU, right? Now, with that being said, we know how Derrico feels about where the game is and what's going on now. If the Falcons took Zach Wilson with the number four pick, is that the right way to go? He does have all the intangibles of a modern quarterback, but let's 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 really look at the 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 the, the caveat of him not being an African American quarterback. Does does that matter? And do we need and, and 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 will he even get a fair shake here? So let's get your take on that. Well, first of all, whatever the front office wants, you know they know better than we are because we we're just fans. But if you're going by what the fan base wants, especially in this city, then you're taking a big risk. I mean, I'm pretty sure that 80% of everybody probably wanted Justin Fields, you know, because of the backstory of he being at Georgia at one, at one point, going to Ohio State. Now, if the Falcons decide to take Zach Wilson, then that's who they feel like is going to carry this team. Now, Will the fans be happy? Probably not. I'm just being real with you. They they not gonna they not gonna look at it as we were on our way. They gonna look at it as another Mormon trying to play quarterback, i.e. Matt Ryan 2.0. And unfortunately, it's gonna probably do some damage to this fan base. Okay, so with that being said, and we're we're going we're going to run a little bit over time, and I'm gonna give my spiel on here in just a minute. 
Derrico, bring it back over to you. Like you said, game changed, it's modernized. We, we're trying to, to go into the new NFL, right? How much? Because we talked about this, and I want you to be I want you to be very, very transparent here in this city, right? Banks just said it. We talked about Zach Wilson, him be, and I and I and I will consider him a modern quarterback. I will consider him able to get out of the pocket, make things happen when things break down and 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 do things that that we we look at when we talk about modern quarterbacks. Is it fair to say that if at number four, if he's there, if we take him, that's not the right person for this city? Do we can, can we can are we really going to embrace a Zach Wilson? And I'm just be really, I'm just being real because of race and in this city, the demographics. If he's here, Zach Wilson, are we really going to embrace him? as being the next quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons taking this team forward was he's a modern quarterback. How do you feel about that? Or do we really, are we really saying, Hey, it's Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or are we moving on? I'll say this. If you're saying that Zach Wilson is there, Justin Fields is there and Trey Lance is there based on the product on the field, Justin Fields has the most credibility as far as being a quarterback than either of the three. So with that being said, there will be a problem with the fan base if they took Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. Just for okay, the okay, fact. okay, okay, hold on, hold on. okay, okay. Just for the simple fact, we're talking about a body of work as far as Justin Fields being probably one of the top-rated quarterbacks coming out during his time. Okay, I will, I'm gonna say this here, I'm, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the, to Banks because he's itching, and we we're really up against it. So now, scenario scenario A, may I present to you, Derrico? Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville. Justin Fields goes to the Jets. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance goes. To the 49ers. Okay. Falcons need a quarterback. The consensus is a lot of fans in the city want the Falcons to move on to the future quarterback. Zach Wilson is there. Are we I'm Justin Fields is gone. He's gone. And I know how you feel about that. And I know where you feel with his place in this priority of quarterbacks. So now with that being said, That's a Zach Wilson is there. Zach Wilson is there. That's a different scenario. Do we go with him? Do we, I'm, 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 so I'm asking you the question: Do we go with him if he's there? If we're if we're ready to move on at quarterback, and Zach Wilson is there, he fits he fits the criteria of a modern quarterback and what we want to see out of a modern quarterback. Do we take him? Yes or no? If the fo feel like Zach Wilson would be that quarterback that's going to lead us for the next 13 years, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, so right now, I'm not talking about the fo. I'm talking about the fan base. I'm not talking about the FO right now. I'm talking about the fan base. The fan Will base, that satisfy the fan base? It probably won't. It probably won't. They'll say they'll say instead of taking Zach Wilson, take Kyle Pitts. Period. Banks. There we go. Banks. Exactly. Here we go. That that is exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be why we didn't take Kyle Pitts or why we didn't trade out the pick and and go after Kellen Mond. You know it's. It's Kelly, not going to be any, but yeah, yeah, watch, watch. So my problem <laughs> to you is if Zach Wilson is there at four, 
Because you can't have Zach Wilson and Justin Fields at the same time. That means somebody messed up. So we're picking fourth. Three quarterbacks is going to go. We already agree on that, correct? And, 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 yeah, and Banks, in that scenario that I just presented to Derrico, Trey Lance, Justin Fields already gone at two and three. Now Zach Wilson is in your lap. What do you do? Where do you go? So if you really think a quarterback needs to be had because of Matt Ryan is trying to move on, then Zach Wilson is your man. Why? Now, if the fan base, why? Yeah, I want to hear What you mean, why? Just like he asked why? me. Why? What you mean, why? He asked me to say. Okay. I'm asking, like, you I'm just said. No, 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 no. You just, no, you just hold said. On, hold on, hold on. You just said it's time to move on. No, I'm Matt asking Ryan. you the same question that Leo asked me. Why do you think Zach Wilson should be picked by the Falcons? Because he's the, it would be the fourth pick. No, I mean, no, no, shit, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, Why? Excuse me. Why? Give me the I intangibles mean, of why. At that point, when you picking a quarterback, if you can't trade out the pick, then what are you going to do? You're going to pick just anybody, uh, uh, Patrick Sertan. I mean, what, who are you picking at that point? If you if you need a quarterback, Derrico, what are you going to I mean, you have no choice. You have no choice at that and, point. And, and Derrico, I get, the caveat to the question was, I mean, we're, we're – so at, at that point, at number four, we, we are – Quarterback is where we go. So that there's, you know, and I, I, this is a hypothetical. I know there's a lot of different ways we could go with this pick. But if you're married to getting the quarterback, because I'm, I'm speaking now for a percentage of this fan base that wants to move on from Matt Ryan. So what I'm saying is, if you're married to getting a quarterback in this draft at number four, if nothing else happens and Trey Lance is gone and Justin Fields is gone, why can't Zach Wilson be your man at number four? I just told you why. Because and I'm not backing up from that. It ain't because he's white. So that's what y'all, no, 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 y'all no, want to no, hear. No, no, no. No, it ain't because of that. I'm not trying that. to get you to say that. I mean, but it's because. you saying that because the, the game has changed. And the game is. He, he, does, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the intangibles. Listen, so you're listen, saying he doesn't have the intangibles that we need to move forward and progress with it. You're me, saying let that me, Zach let, Wilson let, let is not that good. Let me ask y'all this question. When did we know about Zach Wilson? That has nothing to yes, do with the price of tea in China. Yes, the media has perpetuated the fact that Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than maybe the top three quarterbacks in this in this draft. Is it not? If you if you if the media hadn't propped him up, would you know anything about Zach Wilson playing in? Would B-Y-U? you know anything about Would you? Would you know anything about Trey Lance? I didn't mention I'm Trey sure Lance. he wasn't following North Dakota State. I didn't, Absolutely. I didn't mention Trey Lance. But what I'm saying is the media had to have some influence with him as well. Exactly. No one knew about Trey Lance until they until the season ended. And there we no go. No one knew about this man. And there we go. That's what I didn't that's know all about I'm him. saying. I didn't even know he even existed. Exactly. Until someone said, there's a quarterback at North Dakota State you might want to take a look at. Exactly. Oh, really? So now, same thing with, with, with Zach Wilson. Exactly. There's a guy at BYU you might want to take a look at. Exactly. So my thing is, it's, it's, it's not, it's not you, you can't put to say when we hear about this man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The question is, we all know that if Zach Wilson is the guy, there ain't going to be some happy people in this city. Okay? It is just not. It's not gonna you be, said it there, yourself, Derrick. You said that the game is changing. You said there, the game is changing. There and we, will not be 
happy people regardless of who we pick. And we oh, know absolutely. This. And we know this. Absolutely. And we know this. You can pick you can pick Justin Fields tonight and ain't gonna be no people. Exactly. Happy. There's gonna be some people unhappy. Okay, so guys, we we are gonna have to wrap this up in a minute. So let me ask, I'm gonna kick both, I'm gonna kick this to both of you guys. We're gonna have to come back and we're gonna have to we, we, I'm a de- we're going to dedicate another podcast to this and talk about this because we, we're coming right into the draft. And, and Banks, you gave me some real – we're going to have to wait to after the draft to really, really dissect this. But this is the last question I'm going to give before we wrap this up. I'm going to bring Mac Jones back into this conversation. And, 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 and you, Derrico, you said specifically about the media and how they have kind of manipulated this thing. So Mac Jones, right – he was automatically shifted and thrown up into the forefront of this conversation being into this. This is a national champion quarterback that we're talking about, by the way, I will say that much. He's a national champion quarterback, right? And I'm Derek. And I I look at your face and you know, really not impressed. He's a national champion quarterback at Alabama and, and banks to your, to, to, to what you said in the last podcast that he had a stacked team and there are a lot of things that worked into his favor. So now I bring this to you, Derrico. We're just talking about this specifically about Mac Jones. Is it fair to say that this is all a media stunt or a conspiracy, whatever you want to call this, to thrust Mac Jones into position to be a, a an elite or top elite pick in this draft based upon whatever? This is all a me. This is all a media stunt. Or does he actually? Because I mean, I'm just saying he's a this 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 kid won a national championship. So does he just not deserve to be there at all based upon his body of work from what you're saying? So this is all just a media stunt. Give me your your take on how Matt Jones got thrusted into this conversation, just like Zach Wilson and just like Trey Lance did. Go. I absolutely believe that there's a, a media bias with Matt Jones as as far as the other quarterbacks that should be, you know, talked about higher. One thing I haven't heard in the media is the fact that Matt Jones had two, two, two DUIs. If you, if you, if you as Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or any other quarterback had one, you would be automatically hung against the wall and nailed against a cross, just like when. Justin Fields may have had some semblance of he's not really into football. He's not sold out to football. But then Trevor Lawrence come back and say, hey, I really don't work harder than other folks because I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I don't think just because if I don't get a Super Bowl, that's not going to be what I'm here for. I mean, if they would have said the same things about – other quarterbacks, it'll have been a whole different situation. So yes, 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 yes. They think Matt Banks? Jones is a clear cut guy when he ain't. Okay. Banks, I'm gonna kick it over to you. Your feelings and thoughts about this whole Matt Jones situation before we close this out. Just like I said last week, Leo, you can go and put on an Alabama Crimson tied jersey and helmet and pads and go out there under center and be the best quarterback for that team, okay? Matt Jones is not going first round. That only came up when San Francisco jumped up and got in front of the Falcons, and he had to put some kind of smoke screen out there to say, oh, we're getting Matt Jones. Uh, No, you're not. Okay, we know who you jumped up there for. So Matt Jones is going to go second. Like, he's always been projected to go second. So 
no, he's not. I don't even know why we even talking about this guy. This guy has just been lucky. He, he 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 might be a good quarterback. I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and say he's not. But like Derrico said, I mean, he's got a lot of baggage with him. I mean, he played on a stacked team with the best running back, probably the best receivers in a top notch defense. Okay, so yeah, I'm pretty much sure that that was just him just kicking back. Having a suntan and drinking on a on a on a fruit punch. <laughs> so look, you know. man, so so look, I mean, it is what it is at this point. Moving into this draft, you know, say what you may. He's in this conversation, and we're gonna see here at 29th is, is is coming right around. Shout out to Banks, Banks' birthday. We're gonna see what we're gonna see what he's talking about here in just in just a few in, in what two weeks, exactly two weeks coming up here to see where this will all take. So we'll come back. And visit this again, guys, and and have this conversation. But we're definitely gonna have to wrap this up. Um, I, you know, I, I got some thoughts and feelings, but I'm gonna kind of hold them because, like Banks, you said, it, it's gonna be a really deep dive and dissect after this draft to kind of to go back and understand what 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 we what's gonna happen on 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 uh, April 29th, right? So we're gonna close this thing out, man. Kick it over to you, Banks, man. If the people want to get at you, man, and talk some Atlanta sports and 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 get with you, man, tell them how they can do it. You can find me on Baby Banks eighty on the gram and on Twitter, and in um, Antoine Jarrell Banks on Facebook. And I'm just slow motioning right now while I turn twenty one years old. How's the you? How's the uh, social media assistant search coming on? Hey, hey, it's, it's coming along good, Leo. <laughs> hey, Derrico, man, let the folk know where they can holler at you. <laughs> you, can, you can catch me on IG at Derrico underscore Virgo. You can catch me on the Twitter at VSU96SDD. Or if you're lucky enough, you can find me on Facebook at Stacy E Y Derrico. That's Stacy E Y D Derrico on the Facebook. Hey man, that's what's up, man. Always, always, you can catch us on Twitter. That's the Leo G Show number one. The Leo G Show number one on Twitter. Also check us out on Facebook if you're there. You know, holler. It's the Leo G Show on Facebook, man. Follow us to to to. And, and let us know what you think about the show. Of course, as always, if you don't like the show, so this, so we're going to default this now. I'm going to default this to one of you guys now. So if there's any criticism of the show, I'm going to say this right now. Any, many, any criticism of the show, take it over to Derrico's way and he'll handle it. Take it over to him. He wants it. <laughs> so, yes, take it his way. Also, we have a YouTube page now. Go follow, like, and subscribe. Like my man Reggie always say, shout out Reggie and Goldfool, man, and don't cost the thing. Follow, like, and subscribe our show. I know it's a lot of content out there. We're in a world now where everybody has content. Everybody's talking about this stuff. But look, man, hey, follow us. Listen to us, man. Do some comparisons, man. We're out here doing this for you guys, man. So follow, like, subscribe to Leo G Show on YouTube. Also, uh, you can hit me up on my personal Twitter. That's Southern Set with two T's on Twitter. Also, man, shout out to my man Jay doing his thing. Always follow him. Uh, over at uh, jjonescomedy.com. I don't know where Jay is. I'm gonna have to. I, we got to. Well, yeah, we gonna get Jay back up in here, man. Jjonescomedy.com, and he's over there doing his thing on Frown Time with with the podcast over there, man. Guys, it's as always, man. It's, it's fun, and I know we could go with this forever, man. But eventually, I gotta pull the plug because you know 
we got we got to bring it back for some. We got to have some more some more content for the next podcast, right? And we're definitely going to bring this back and visit it, and hopefully we'll have another guest with us on the next episode of the podcast, man. So I appreciate you guys. This has been another edition of the Leo G Show. We'll be back to talk about some more Atlanta sports here. So just hold on. <laughs> <laughs>